Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'd like to greet everybody in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Turn with me to the book of Second uh, uh, Corinthians, uh, chapter 4. I'm just going to read three uh, verses. Uh, they'll show them individually on the screen as we uh, read here. It reads as follow on the NIV, but, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, uh, strike down, but not uh, destroyed. Let's pray once more again. Precious Lord, precious Father, we thank you for the opportunity to fellowship, to come and share from the word, but also to fellowship with one another in these uh, challenging times whereby there are restrictions from fellowship. But Father, we thank you that you have made it possible. And Father, we just give you the praise, the honor, the glory for what you'll do today uh, in this church and in the service, but also what you are doing in our nation and what you will do to the lives of those who, will, who are listening right now to this message on um, YouTube, on Spotify, on uh, Apple, uh, iPod or iTunes and, and the various other podcasting platform. Father, we just want to thank you that you will speak uh, to them uh, today in the precious mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 All right. Uh, my title this morning is What a Setup. That's what I like to talk about. Amen. What a setup. Amen. amen. Shall I repeat the title? Are uh, the guys inside here? Amen. amen. What a setup. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So now at a count of three, you shout, what a setup. All right. One, two, three. What a setup. Hallelujah. Glory to God. They've got it. And uh, we'll be trying to talk along those lines uh, this morning by the grace of God. Amen. Uh, today, I won't really be reading many verses like I would. However, we will refer to as many verses uh, as we can. In other words, refer, amen, or, or just quote them, amen. amen. Hallelujah. So in the previous weeks, we've been talking about um, sonship. So we are still, still wearing the cap of sonship because the concept of sonship really is very big for us as um, born-again Christians. Actually, you can be a born-again child of God if you are not a son. So sonship is everything to us children of God. So we are still wearing the same cap, but today we are just talking from the point of view of uh, referring to that we are set up as sons of God. Uh, in your mind, you should be asking by who, don't worry, it's not important, but we are set up. It's a setup. Hallelujah. So what a setup. Uh, these are very encouraging words that I have read, really. Hallelujah. So what we spoke about in previous weeks, we spoke about the fact that uh, he who overcomes is the one that believes that uh, Jesus 
is the Son of God, that Jesus is born of God, that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is Lord. That's the person that overcomes, but not only that, the person who overcomes is a person that uh, obeys the command of God. In other words, it's a person that loves God, but also loves people. It's somebody who will go out of their way to serve the purpose of God. It's a person who will go out of their way to serve their generation. In other words, it's a person, uh, who, a person who overcome is a person that has overcome self. It's a person who no longer lives from themselves, but lives for Christ. It's a person who has come to a conclusion like Paul who will say, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. In other words, whenever we are alive, the ben it's to the benefit of other people. In other words, we are no longer selfish people, but we are givers, we are taking care of our own in the church here and those who are close to us and those who are in our communities. That's what God wants us to be. In other words, we are transitioning from a mentality of being consumers, but being uh, givers, being charitable, because the Bible wants us that. In, in fact, the Bible says, for God so loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son, his only, only, only item, he gave it. So we as believers, we as children of God, we have to be like our daddy. We must be cheerful givers. Uh, we must give away our time all kinds of resources for the benefit of our generation. In other words, whatever that God gives us is for the benefit of others, not for us to get fed until we are diabetic, but it's for us to be generous, hallelujah, and glory to God. Yes, literally so. Some people, they actually seek because they just consume everything that God brings their way. They are not giving anyone. Hallelujah. So that's where we are uh, uh, with these messages of sonship that we have to become just like our father, just like Christ Jesus is. When we do that, we overcome the enemy. The enemy wants to separate us, wants us to show off to each other, wants us to compete uh, while last week we said we are not here to compete with each other, but to, to, to complement, hallelujah, and to complete each other. So that's Christianity. I must complete you, you must complete me. And that is the message of the gospel. Everything else, really, it is not from the Father. The Bible says, he who does not love does not have God in him. That person does not know God. Hallelujah. And glory to God. Amen. And glory to God. And so let's just uh, continue uh, with this uh, message this morning. So my question this morning is, what shapes an overcomer? I agree, I said my title is, what a setup. But the question is, what shapes an overcomer? Or rather, if you want to put it, remember an overcomer is a son of God. An overcomer is born of God. An overcomer is a Christian. So what shapes a son of God, or what shapes an overcomer, right? So the primary mode of shaping you will always be a setup. And then the setup I'm talking about, it won't necessarily be a setup that is pleasing to you, but it is there to shape you, to put you in line with the purpose of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We should have this mentality like Jesus Christ had, in fact, whereby as much as he was equal to God, as much he was God, he humbled himself. Yes. 
to the point of a death on the cross. That's Christianity. So that's the model we have. So what will shape you to become an overcomer just like Jesus? Because you can't overcome the grave unless you die. You can't over, yeah, if, if, if you want to overcome something, you have to get into the struggle. You have to get into the cold face. And most Christians, they want the beautiful side of things. You never become an overcomer. Overcomers are people who will be facing challenges every day, but guess what? They overcome the challenges. So these are people who say, bring it on, bring it on. Hallelujah. It's, so an overcomer is somebody who enjoys challenges. And a child of God, a son of God, a born-again person is a person who enjoys challenges because they know I always come victorious. They can't wait for another match. They can't wait for round two with the enemy. They can't wait for round two with the devil. Hallelujah. We are not running away from the devil. We are, he might try to chase us, but we don't run away. When he comes away, we face him head on and we are ready to battle out because we are overcomers. We have been made victorious through Christ Jesus that loves us. In fact, it says now we are sons of God by the Holy Spirit of God. We are being adopted to the kingdom of God. We are sons of God. And if we are sons of God, then we are heirs. And if we are heirs, we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. And we suffer with him and we get glorified together. Then we read on later on in the same scripture called Romans chapter 8. It says there will be many things. There will be powers. There will be principalities. There will be difficulties. All kinds of things will come away and says all these things will never separate us from the love of God. Remember, that's another theme we are talking about. So nothing will separate us from the love of God. And then he says, nay, in all these things, we have been made victorious through Christ Jesus. We have been made more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And your favorite verse there, your favorite portion in Romans chapter 8 is that all things work for good for them that love the Lord. Hallelujah. So if you believe that, can I talk to you that what a setup? If you believe that all things work for good for them that love the Lord, it says all things. So it does not matter what it is. Anything that happens in your life, anything that happens around you, in this case, this uh, pandemic that's, uh, uh, that has uh, stopped the world or that has slowed the world, it works for our good. It works for our benefit. It works for us, not against us. So I'm here to say as much as lives have been lost, as much as uh, people are losing jobs, whatever, one thing I know, one thing I am assured for, of, a son and an overcomer knows this one thing, that coronavirus, for example, it's not working against us. It is working for us. It's a setup for us. Hallelujah and glory to God. But this is only relevant for those who are sons of God. Hallelujah. So that's a cap we must wear. As much as this thing really, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it has shocked all of us. It has unsettled all of us, in fact, but we must understand at the end of the day, it is a setup for some of us for greatness. It is working for our good, not against us. All things work for our good, not against us. That's Christianity 101. Every time you see something that is not wonderful around you, just know that thing is working for your advantage. And stop complaining. Hallelujah and glory to God. Amen. Amen. Don't uh, close 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9. So you must understand that the gospel is the light that displays the glory of Christ Jesus. 
the express image of who God is, hallelujah, the express image of the invisible God, yes, hallelujah. So that is the, the, the gospel. So the gospel I want to copy today from uh, the people at TED Talks, the said uh, uh, news or is it what, stories that are worth sharing, something like that, yes. something like that, something worth sharing. The gospel is news worth sharing. And that's what I'm doing. I'm bringing you good news this morning. So if you are listening to me at this very point, kindly listen to the good news up to the end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now listen to this. Despite being hard-pressed, I preach Christ. That's my testimony. Despite being perplexed, guess what? I preach Christ. Doesn't matter. Even if I'm persecuted, I preach Christ. And then if I'm struck down, what do we do? Preach Christ. Now, what it says for me and you, it does not matter what situation you find yourself in. You'll have to declare Christ. You have to proclaim Christ. You have to confess Christ as the Son of God. In other words, that confession assures your position as a son of God. Hallelujah. Are we still together? Amen Amen and amen. Actually, I'll define this. What is a son for you? So why will we uh, do all these things when you are hard-pressed, when you are knocked down, when you are persecuted, or, or all these things that are happening around you and you still confess Christ? In my case, I continue to preach Christ. Why will I continue to preach Christ when things are not making sense around me? When, when, when I, I'm perplexed, when things, when, when the word perplexed means when there's uncertainty, when there's so much uncertainty around me and I still continue to preach Christ. What makes me do that? Why will I continue to confess Christ? Because naturally you should say I must find something else. But we hold on to the message of Christ. Why? Hallelujah. The answer is found on 2 Corinthians chapter 4 uh, from verse uh, 7. I'll just uh, quote so um, I won't necessarily be reading there. So the first uh, reason is because we are hard-pressed from every side. So you must understand the hard-pressing is coming from all sides, okay? All front, back. So they backstab you, some of them, they kick you, side, whatever. It's the pressure of life. It's coming from all directions. Are we still together? Guess what? This is what I have from the weight, why I still preach Christ. Because I'm not crushed. Yes. It says we have this treasure in jars of clay or in earthen vessels. These are jars that are supposed to crush when they are pressurized. But that's not the case with us. You can bring all kinds of pressure our way because of what we carry. Because of who is inside us. There is no way, there's no way we can crush. That's the first reason why I'll proclaim Jesus Christ. That yes, there will be pressure in my life. Mm -hmm. Yes, there will be pressure in your life. Mm -hmm. But one thing I'm sure of, you are not going to crush. There's no way you're going to crush. 
That's when you are a mature son. That's when you are a child of God. That's when you know who's your daddy. That's when you know what's inside you. Because of what's inside me, there's no way I can clutch. I'm a container carrying something important. You can compress, you can bring the pressure, but in gag and crash. And glory to God. Amen. So already some of you should understand that's how God will allow certain things to happen around us because he knows that his people will never crash. This sickness or this virus has affected all of us, but we who know our God, we are not crushed. Hallelujah. And uh, then the second reason why I'll continue proclaiming Jesus, why I'll continue declaring Jesus as a son of God, why I'll continue to say Jesus is the Christ. It is because even when I'm uncertain, in other words, even when I'm perplexed, even when I'm confused, there are times whereby you, you, your, your head is spinning, you are, you, you, are, you are confused, everything does not make sense. In the midst of that, of that confusion, we don't despair. We learn that from Abraham. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 4, against all hope, he hoped. So we are those type of people. So the word of God, for sons of God, they don't, they, they don't despair because they know and they know even against all hope, you can still hope. When all hope is gone, that you can be delivered. When all hope is gone, that you can be saved. When all hope is gone, that you can be successful and prosperous, or you can be healed, or whatever you are wishing for or trusting God for. When all that hope is gone, if you are a child of God, you will hope against that hope. Hallelujah. When people are, say, are saying, why don't you just uh, give us your last words and sleep in peace? And you say, not yet. <laughs> just not yet. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. You see, I'm, not, I'm going to give you a testimony, but one day the guys here in the room and those on the internet, I'll craft it nicely. I'm not a die easy. Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> just not yet. Not because I'm powerful, not because I know. I know my God. I remember sometimes when I'm facing the tough situation, I know the words I've uttered, I'm not going to say, and I, I'm still standing today, or rather I'm sitting today, because I know who is my God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. When all hope is still is gone, like you just have to give up and say, God, forgive me for anything I've done. You, you, you put that aside, you say, just not yet. Yeah. This is a setup. It's a setup for growth. This is a setup for excellence. This is a setup for elevation. That's how we see things, hallelujah, as children of God. So even though it does not make sense, hallelujah, amen. And sometimes some of us, I mean, hallelujah, you'll get persecuted. If you're a real Christian, at some point in your life, you will be persecuted. And guess what? In the midst of persecution, whether it's at work or whether it's by your family, whether it's by your colleagues, it does not matter who's bringing the persecution or even the government. In fact, they're persecuting us. That you can go to restaurants now and dine and there's no restriction of numbers there, that you might just observe social distancing. And then it means you can sit like 100 restaurant then, but the church is told you can't have more than 50. But when they bury their comrades, they have more than 50. And we keep quiet. That's a persecution. 
Hallelujah. But guess what? God has not forsaken the church. God has not forsaken the body of Christ. Even if Bakari Tiba by sang and persecute the church, just know one thing that God has not abandoned us. He who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you is still the same. Our God never changes. God will never turn his back on you. In the midst of persecution, just know he is right with you. In fact, tell your persecutor next time, Oti, when you are persecuting me, know this, you are persecuting my God. Where do I get this? Because when Paul was persecuting the church, when Jesus comes to Paul, he says, Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting my church? So every persecution that comes your way is coming God's way, not really your way. And that is why you have to understand that God is with you. Hallelujah, because when you are so self-centered, you think that are happening around you, they are happening at you, but remember God is with you. So whatever the devil is doing in your life or doing, uh, throwing at your life, know that he's throwing it at God himself. Paul, Paul, why are you persecuting me? South African government, why are you persecuting God this morning? That, that's, that's how it is. So they're not persecuting the church, but they're actually persecuting God himself. And God will deal with such accordingly. Hallelujah. So we should not personalize things that are happening around us. We should not personalize things that are happening in the lives of our loved ones, but let us see it from the eyes of God, that everything that people do to you is actually against God, Amen. not you. In your case, it's for your advantage. It is a setup. Hallelujah. Amen. The one I like the most when I read scripture, really, is the situation yeah, David facing Goliath. I like it so much. David understood this principle yeah. that you are coming against me. Yeah. I'm not going to come against you in my name or with my abilities. Yeah. Yeah. I come in the name of the Lord. Anyone who comes against me comes against the Lord. Ah. That's Christianity. Yeah. Guess what? 101. Yeah. And glory to God. So when these things come, just understand that. So you can keep on confessing Christ being Lord. You can quit on Christ. Because in times like this, people have quit. When this thing started, when we were live streaming, the first live stream were 300 people watching. Now it has dwindled to, I don't know how many, maybe two or 10, I don't know. People have gave up on God. Hey, McDonald's is open, so is KFC. Even if you don't have data, why don't you go to KFC and still live stream? It's because you need to hear the word of God and realize you can't turn your back on God. You don't have data. You can still hear the word of God. Churches are open. Yes, maybe your church is closed, but there's another church. And maybe God is setting you up to join the next church next door that is open. Hallelujah. So you have no excuse not to hear the word of God. Hallelujah. Yes, maybe man of God is hiding in a cave now. Hallelujah. But there is still people out there who are preaching the word of God. There's a church close by that you can go to and hear the word of God if you no longer have money for petrol. And glory to God. So you need to hear the word of God. If you don't have data, there are many options to, for you to, to, to hear these things. Hallelujah. 
There's night shift, by the way, if you have Vodacom and MTN. Listen to the sermons at 12 at night. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Oh, Jesus. So I know these are tough times. People have really gotten tired. You will no longer believe if this God is there. He's still there. That is why I'm preaching. Now I've went through the most compared to some of you in this life. Hallelujah. I'm not going to tell you now, but I've already faced death twice. When I was six and when I was 40 and two days. Hallelujah. (laughs) And I'm still preaching. This is my second sermon. Yes. When I say death, I really mean it like that. I'll, I'll explain to you. I'll, I'll show you. I'll bring you pictures. You'll, you'll understand. But, but the point I'm trying to say here, I have no reason to turn my back on God yeah. when I realize it's a setup yeah. for greatness. God has set me up for greatness. I was telling my wife, Kira, you know what? Now I am qualified as a pastor, not because of qualification, not because I'm given a certification by another pastor acknowledging me as a pastor and ordaining me as a prophet, for example. No, I'm qualified as a pastor. You know, I, I have a testimony. He who has a testimony overcomes. And then he who overcomes is the son of God. That's all that matters. That's what qualifies us yes, as sons, the testimonies we carry. Yeah. We can't. Ah, yes, yeah. yeah, during lockdown, during lockdown, when others are losing jobs, now we get jobs. When everybody's losing jobs, we get promotions. Guess what? And this is not to hype you up, young. I'm talking about the reality of believers, Bible church. I've, I'm seeing people getting elevated, they are going to testify, by the way. I'm going, the day I testify, I'm going to ask two or three to testify, to show you while everybody was going up, there is a group of people who have been elevated. I happen to be one of those. Hallelujah. Yeah, he who has a son, he has a testimony. Yeah, Hallelujah. Because the devil will bring things. When you overcome, that's when you move to testimony. And that's when you become a Christian. That's when you are able to tell people, And that is why two weeks ago, I came and told you people are criticizing the Bible. I said, hold on a bit. You can say whatever you want to say. As for me and my family, this book has worked for me. But not just the book. Uh, the book. Even the church has worked for me. I have benefited by being a born-again Christian, by being a son of God, by reading the Bible. I have benefited. In fact, I have benefited by being a pastor, not because people are bringing me offering. In fact, we are not at that level as yet. We're still trying to afford the rent. But I've seen God elevate us as a family and glory to God. And guess what? Yes, God is bringing people who are supporting the ministry finally and 
And guess what? I'm trusting God that this is going to just spill over to all the members of the church. They will see the hand of God even in tough time, even in tough situation. Hallelujah. And glory to God. Amen. Guess what? Even when I'm struck down, I'm never destroyed. The Bible says you will be struck down. Paul says this is the greatest apostle that has ever lived. Unless if you favor Peter. I don't know, even me. Okay, okay, get joined. Okay, joined top apostles. Le Peter, get eh? Let's put them joined. He says you will be struck down, but never destroyed. You can bring us down, but you can't destroy us. That's right. We don't get destroyed. That's right. Why? Because there's a treasure in us. We have this, I think that's verse, uh, verse 7. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. So that the power might not be of us, but of God. That's the whole point. So we are frail as people, but there's a treasure in us. That shows that the power is not from us, but from God. Hallelujah. It is not by might, nor by power, but it is by the Spirit of God. We have the Spirit of God crying inside of us, Abba, Father, and glory to God. Hallelujah. In other words, we have the anointing inside us. Hey, we have the anointing. Because of the anointing, you can't be destroyed. Hallelujah. Because of the anointing, you can't lose hope. Yes, when you have the anointing, you can't lose hope. You will hope against hope. Hallelujah. You can't be crushed when you have the anointing. Oh, Jesus, glory to God. But not only that, the anointing is the presence of God. That is why when all these things are happening, when you're anointed, you know that God is with you. The only sign that God is no longer with you is when you don't have the anointing. Hallelujah. Anointing normally works under tough circumstances. When it's beautiful and nice, the anointing normally because it's not needed. When the need increases, so does the power. So does the anointing. And that's what you are missing. You want to see the hand of God. Embrace the challenges. Don't run away from them. Because that's when, you see, when you're being hard-pressed, that's when the anointing is being squeezed out from you. That's when the power of God begins to operate in your life. Hallelujah. The power of God will never fully operate in your life until there's pressure. Until you're confused, you will never understand the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. You'll never understand this thing. So you have to really understand that you are in a good place when there are challenges around you. When there is lack and want, know that you are in a good place because that's when you can see the hand of God. If you have all the money in the world, you'll never know that God supplies your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You will never know that. But when you have been broke and you trusted God and he comes through for you, then you will know that God supplies needs. So where you are, you are in a perfect place for God to do something amazing. So don't run away from God. Don't look for an alternative. This is the gospel that you need. 
God will do wonders in your life. Hallelujah and glory to God. Remember when I'm talking about the anointing, I'm talking about the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. When they had closed and sealed the grave, when the disciples were Peter, have said now that now uh, he's gone and they had started going back to fishing. Guess what? On the third day, he rose. The Bible says that very same power that raised Jesus from the dead operates in us. That is why we keep on having testimony upon testimony upon testimony. And that is why I know somebody is not a member of this church when they don't have testimony. When, when you don't have breakthroughs, you are a part of this church, I know you are not a son of this church. You are not, a, in fact, you are not even a son of God because our hallmark, our DNA, our signature as children of God, we have testimonies. Testimony in Totarona. Hallelujah. That is why as soon as I see them on WhatsApp or anyway, as soon as I clap my hands, I go, 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 go share testimony. Because I know, okay, I'm always expecting them. Because Reba Tubadi testimony. Hey. Reba Tubadi testimony. The day you force me to have an African name for this church, we beat up Tubadi testimony. Hey. That's where we operate. That's our camp. Testimonies is our comfort zone. But as you know, there is no testimony before if there's no test. You must always go through a test to have a testimony. So we are not afraid of any form of test. Hallelujah and glory to God. Amen. 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 Just in, co in con conclusion, amen. A son is the one that is created in the image and the likeness of God. So our salvation will restore our position, a position of sonship. What I just explained. Everything I was talking about there, I was talking about a son of God. So when you get saved, you get restored to a position of sonship. Therefore, sonship is not a gender-based concept in scripture when you read the bible it has nothing to do with gender but everything to do with position and rights so when you are a son your position is restored to you in other words your rank gets restored hallelujah you become special in the eyes of god but not only that your rights gets restored remember adam and Eve were created in the image and the likeness of God. And because of sin, they lost their position and they lost their rights. They handed over everything to the devil. When Jesus died on the cross, he restored that for us. So anyone who confesses him as Lord and Savior receives back the position that Adam lost, receives back the right. Hallelujah. So what is sonship we are talking about? Position and rights. We have rights. Hallelujah. So guess what? As a son, you are positioned to what? To overcome. And guess what? It is your right overcoming. If I did not say anything in the sermon, when you live here, it is your right, it is your privilege to overcome. That's what God has restored through the death of Jesus in the cross. Be worried and be concerned when you don't overcome. Yeah. Don't worry when things that are not good are happening around you. 
Be concerned when you don't overcome them. Yes. The problem is when you don't overcome them. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, 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 oh Jesus. So a son is the one that believes. It is the one that overcomes. A son is the one that is obedient. Today, this message will require you to be obedient. And your obedience will require you, those who are listening to me, and we praise God for technology. You don't have to buy CDs anymore. Go and listen to the message here last week because it talks about the commandments. Actually, I don't know compared to this, but if there's any sermon I've ever preached in my entire life, it's the last week's sermon. That's the, for me, that's the best sermon I've ever preached in my entire life, and it might end up remaining the best. I can tell you now. It's just go and listen to last week's sermon. I think it's called Clear Cut Identity. Just go and listen to that again. Hallelujah. It might start a little bit slowly. Just be patient, but just listen up to the end. You'll begin to see how God operates. Hallelujah. Because all these things I just mentioned, they require obedience. You must obey. When God says you must love, you'll have to start exercising love. Because if you don't want to love, just forget it. Everything I said, it's not going to work for you. Christianity will never work for you. The Bible will never work for you if you don't love. It's full, it's, I don't have any other thing to say to you. If you fail to love, just forget it. In fact, the Bible says, in fact, when you read the Bible, you'll understand that faith works by love. Amen. Hallelujah. When you read the book of Corinthians, hallelujah. At the end of the day, it love, faith will work by love. So love is the greatest. Of all the concepts you'll read in the Bible, love is the greatest. So when the Bible says love God and love your neighbor, do that. So in that message, I explain what it means loving God. It's not what you necessarily have in mind. So just go and listen and understand what it means to love God. And then follow those instructions. Hallelujah and glory to God. Right, um, a son is the one who has the revelation of the father or a revelation of who the father is. If you are a son, you must have a revelation of who the father is because the revelation of who the father is will make you believe in the son he has sent. So the emphasis here is believe in the son. But now when you believe in the son, something happens. Love gets kindled in you. You can't love until you believe in the sun. Believing in the sun fires you up to love, opens you up to receive the love of God. Naturally, we can love. I mean, I got the shock of my life as part of my closing, but remember, just listen, hallelujah, because I'm part of this South Africa. I got a shock of my life. I don't know how true is that, but where there's smoke, there's fire. People being corrupted just to buy suits. That's when the love of God is not there. Yeah. Yeah? You, you, you do all these bad things in this country, bringing the country down for useless things. That's when the love of God is not in you. It's not like somebody who stole money because the mother was in ICU and was trying to get uh, the, 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 the best medical care or your daddy or somebody like trying to do good, you know, like a Robin Hood style, you know, maybe, you know, like just for self-indulgence. 
hearing about pastors stealing money from the church, just so that bachelor the girlfriend, just so that barakedi sutu. Really? It's when we don't have the love of God. And most of us, we have to repent. Hallelujah. And do things that really matter. In this church, I've always told you, uh, uh, praise God, everybody can have nice things. You have nice things. I can see you. I know that you change. But even if you didn't have the best of things, I have one rule in this church. Be clean. Amen. Just be clean. That's all that matters. You, yes. Hallelujah. I'm, I can see I'm getting into another sermon. Let me leave it there. <laughs> Hallelujah and glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. But now, when the love of God has been a rekindled in you, love will prompt you to be obedient. Most people are not obedient because they lack the love of the Father. When you have the love of the Father, you'll become obedient automatically. And remember, obedient is better than sacrifice. Let me stand up and tell you nicely. There is no blessing without Obedience, full stop. Amen. You want to be blessed, you must be obedient. But I gave you a key and a secret to obedience. Hallelujah. Right. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is a key to victory. I want to leave you with questions today. I'm not going to really pray, Mamruti, you can come closer. I want to leave you with questions. To live as a son... We have to give attention to the following. I have three things that you need to give attention to. I'm going to read them out. I just want you to be aware of them. Number one, what you believe. Give attention to what you believe. Be conscious, be intentional about your beliefs. What is your personal statement of faith? I'm not going to pray today. I want to leave you with questions. I want you to go and work on these things. What is your personal statement of faith? You are a son. What is your statement of faith? We as a church, we have a statement of faith. that It has 18 points. It's adopted by most Pentecostal churches. And we use it as it is. When as an individual, what is your statement of faith? Go develop one. So homework. Those who are listening online, after this message, develop a statement of faith for yourself. This is your personal belief based on scripture. Not what I believe, not what, what you have learned from scripture. What we have taught you should have brought you to a position whereby you have a personal belief now. You have a personal conviction. You have a statement of faith. This is one thing that people will never move you from. People are weak in their faith because they don't have a statement of faith. See, now you can do whatever you want. We are not going to renounce Christ because we have statements of faith. Hallelujah. Number two, or the second question that I want to leave you with. What habits are you cultivating? Or rather, what is your golden rule? Hmm. What habits are you cultivating? I get you want to be a son. 
That's your homework. Yeah. Sons have habits. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Amen. What habits are you cultivating? And number three, and that's the last question. What do you feed on? In other words, what do you live by? Let me help you. Jesus, when he was tempted, when the tempter had come his way, he says, turn the bread to stones. What he said? He said, yes, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. Where now my question is, what do you live on? What do you live on? You consume more TV programs than the Word of God. You read more newspaper articles than the Word of God. I never said don't watch TV. I'm not saying don't read the newspaper. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, what do you? What is your main diet? Let me help you. In this season, I just decided I must never go to bed, never having listened to a full sermon every day from different people. I won't tell you who they are. Where now, you need to catch up with your church sermon first. Then we'll talk later. If you have gotten to that level, I'll tell you what else I'm listening to. That's what. You must feed on the word of God. The Bible, as Roy it is, not a book, the word. Get deep into the word and set yourself a goal. Say, I will spend a minimum of 10 minutes or one hour every day reading the Bible. Reading like you will do reading WhatsApp messages. Mute some of those people. Like Nkosi Bazalwane, just mute him. <laughs> Hallelujah. He will finish your data, Bazalwane. <laughs> Hallelujah. He will, he will finish your data. Hallelujah. I, I'm, I'm not muting him, okay? But I'm just saying some of you just mute people like Ungos and spend more time reading the word of God because they will, they'll chow your data. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I love Ungosi. Hallelujah. When he sends you a message, you must know. You must schedule time. You must put it on a diary because you need to sit down and read it properly. It's very long. Hallelujah. But what I'm trying to say, before you read Ngozi's message, schedule time to read the word of God. Start somewhere. Today we are concluding the book of Philippians. Hallelujah. Tomorrow we'll announce which book we are reading. We are reading the whole New Testament. Come end of October, I think, we'll have read the whole New Testament during the time of coronavirus. What an achievement for some people who have never read a full chapter in the Bible, but now they're always more than halfway the New Testament. Hallelujah. So you must schedule time. Then on top of that, your pastor has written a book, so if you want to read books, come to me. As a good son, come to pastor and say, which books must I read? Because you can't just read all the nonsense out there. Hallelujah. Because you are going to read things that are going to put you out of the ways of God. Hallelujah. I read a lot. I have a whole bunch of books. So find out, Pastor, well, now what are you reading? All is so, only faith. So when you are this type of a man of God, what are you consuming? I will share with you. 
That's part of discipleship. That's part of fatherhood. Hallelujah. So those are the three questions I have. What are you feeding on? In other words, what do you live by? Hallelujah. idols essay. Please, you are getting corrupted. You are being made, being made soft to accept things that are not acceptable to our faith. Hallelujah. Amen and glory to God. Amen. All those things. Let's... <laughs> Hallelujah. By the time you get married, you are now skeptical. You are now suspicious of people. Hallelujah. And that will destroy your marriage. Come back to the things of... So in other words, I'm done with the sermon, but I thought I must just bring a more practical element as a homework. Or how could you over and above your school books and work documents you read and uh, newspapers and secular books, what are you feeding your spirit? Because you're starving your spirit. And that is why Moya Utewile Hanajwal. And that is why you are looking for Baruti Badi Punchline immediately Habula Mulomu. There's no way there. There is no way. People must sit down and be taught. The Bible says they used to sit down in the temple and be taught the word of God. We have to teach the word of God. Of course, I didn't teach today. I don't know what I was talking. But the point is you must be taught the word of God. But also you can't come to lecture. You can't come to church with an empty head because then the teaching or the lecture won't be fulfilling. You must come prepared. So these are the questions that are going to prepare you for next week. Powerful, powerful, powerful sermon. Hallelujah. That's going to happen.